Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Supporting women is my passion, my purpose, and, and finding other women and men who do the same is my favorite thing to do. Their stories are inspiring. They help us all to understand that we can all succeed if we help and support one another in work and in life. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and wisdom from my earlier book, Leading Women. They also inspired my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out in the beginning of 2019. Now, this week, I'm pleased to introduce another amazing woman, Dr. Anita Perez Ferguson. Anita is a professional consultant, multicultural educator, and accomplished speaker. She excels in strategic program management, project evaluation, and helping people develop leadership and advocacy skills. She has served as a visiting fellow for the Woodrow Wilson Foundation in Princeton, New Jersey, and as a consultant for the U.S. Department of State Offices in International Information Programs, and as administrator at colleges in California, Massachusetts, and in Kenya. Her public service include presidency of the National Women's Political Caucus and presidential appointment as the chair of the Inter-American Foundation and as the White House liaison to the U.S. Department of Transportation, all in Washington, D.C. She also has a distinguished record as a governing director on various national and international boards. So, all right, she recently, that keeps going on, this amazing woman. She recently co-authored Women Seen and Heard Speaker's Journal, the second in the Women Seen and Heard series with Dr. Lois Phillips. This new book helps women recognize their own strengths and weaknesses in communication and guides them through making positive changes so that they can lead effectively. So I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Anita Perez Ferguson to Smart Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Thank you so much for being with me, Anita. Uh, Anita, welcome. And I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk to you at the house that much. It was just uh, a lot going on. Thank you so much for participating in this documentary. Exciting. Oh, well, thank you, Nancy. And thanks for opening your house to our local community. That's just lovely. And I think the exchanges that were going on there were well worth the, the time and investment. And there's going to be so many pieces as far as the films and pictures and some of the things that were said and done that, that we can share uh, with all the organization, including yourself and Lois. You know, anything that you need from us, we're all about collaboration. We're all about connecting. And so this is going to be a wonderful piece. You know, it'll, it'll air for a year, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. everything will belong to us that we can use for social media and, of mm-hmm. course, continuing the mission of take the lead as well as women connect for good so anyway this is about you it's not about me so i'm going to stop talking about me this is about you this is about what you are doing in your world and talking about things that are important that that are important to all of us but especially for you right now so i'm going to start out with a personal question because i think this is so important especially for women i think men are much better when when they meet they know about each other in a few minutes you know they're their golf handicap, how much they make, what they do. Women were not quite as good at that as sharing information. So the personal story of how you became who you are today I think is so invaluable for other women to hear because I don't know about you, I've had a lot of peaks and valleys in my lifetime. So what about you? How would you get to be you? 
Oh, well, it peaks and valleys is a good way to describe it, Nancy. And, you know, even at that, I think it takes some distance in our lives to even realize what happened to us at peaks and in those valleys. Yeah. Sometimes we're so busy muddling through that we don't realize the real gifts that we were given in the midst of our struggles. And certainly my struggles are, are minimal compared to so many women uh, and families that I know. But our family was a very loving, extended family, Mexican-American family in Los Angeles as I grew up uh, in the 50s and 60s. And I just assumed that everyone had that type of an extended network of not only loving uh, family members, adults and peers, but also that I assumed that everyone that I knew at school or elsewhere mm-hmm. um, realized their place in their family and felt the support that they had around them. And boy, that is one huge gift, that one peak experience and huge gift that I received early on. Yeah. It has benefited me all along the way, long after I learned that the conditions of many families and certainly the conditions in our society are not always so welcoming or rewarding, even yeah. when we're doing our best. Yeah, that that key word that you're using is support. Uh, there, you're right. There's so many families that children growing up didn't feel support, didn't feel safe. I, I had a supportive family, too, with women role models and people in my life that that could encourage me and sometimes, you know, really set me straight. But, but again, that word support. So, yeah, continue because that's a wonderful word. That's what Women Connect for Good is about support. So go ahead. What happens next? Well, the Women Connect for Good is the, kind of the perfect motif for this because while let us just take the women that I grew up with. I had two older sisters. Uh, I had 36 first cousins in all. We all lived within about 30 miles of one another in Los Angeles. Half of those were girls. I was among the younger set in there. And we each went our separate ways. I won't say that we were all gung-ho, that we all accomplished a lot, that we all always agreed and got along. No, that that would be an oddity for any group that large. But what I did find was that I learned from my cousins, especially my older cousins, and understood how to bring along my younger cousins, that we were there to help one another. Mm-hmm. And it didn't mean that it was a cookie-cutter type of situation. And certainly, uh, as I came into my teens in the 60s, there were tremendous social pressures to leave the family model of marrying right out of high school, of having children right away, of not going on to college. Um, there were so many models that a sociologist might say, well, these were unhealthy models and it's good that you didn't know. <laughs> no, that's not the case. They were just the style that our family followed and that my sisters and I ended up not following for various and sundry reasons. But still, we link back, and even today, link back with one another as sisters and with our cousins, um, still being supportive of the routes that they have, they themselves have chosen. So I'm always encouraging women who gather together for a particular purpose, behind a particular policy, to realize that we have women in our group that will not always model our life choices. 
But if we've got one issue to agree on, if we've got uh, one piece of energy that we want to move forward, then let's build on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, even the old examples uh, from ancient scriptures talking about the two sisters or two cousins who responded very differently to life. One, a learner, and another one, a household keeper. And they were both gifted with their own types of gifts, both moved the community forward, but did it in different ways. We've got to learn to allow for that. Yeah, today I can see the faces of of women who supported me, but I also see the faces of women who did not. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing mm-hmm. to to look back in my own history or anyone's history and say, you know, who helped you to be who you are today? And we, I think most of us, if we just take a few seconds, know who those people are and what they helped us to do in our lives. Okay, well, you're you know you've been on every board. Of course, you're great friends with Lois Phillips, who I also Dr. Lois Phillips, who's a good friend of mine, and my friend and co-author from Women's Scene and Heritage. Co-author Indeed. with me as well mm-hmm. on in leading women, so we have very okay, much in common. But Lois was uh, one of my first uh, contacts here in uh, Montecito, Santa Barbara area when I first came to California many years ago, and uh, you know the first thing because we were both into women's leadership, but uh, you know mine was still evolving to take the lead in different things but I loved when she said get a seat at the table have a mm-hmm. seat at the table and and that is so very very important I've used that term more than I can tell you that uh, when women we don't sit along the, the wall we sit at the table and I've been to so many meetings where you see you know the table full of uh, a bunch of men but the women are sitting on the wall against the table you know behind that's them. right that's Not right taking table. notes or serving coffee right yeah <laughs> well i don't do that and i know you don't do that either so <laughs> that's what we want to talk about don't serve coffee and don't sit on the on the set up against the wall you know but uh, you know there's so many ways that people get a seat at the table and that's been a big part of the work that lois and i have done with the women seen and heard book the original and then the speaker's journal later and of course that was a seat at the table was really my dissertation work when i finished my phd in organizational development moved and applied to the hispanic or latino community in the united states looking at the seats held in the fortune 500 these boards so powerful more powerful than most countries in the world and their economies and trying to find out how do people of color, how do women, how do minorities of any status at all get that seat at the table? What are the uh, routes? Yeah. Uh, I need to introduce you to Dr. Sheila Robinson. She huh. is the CEO and founder of Diversity Women, Diversity Women's Magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is an amazing woman who understands. She's a woman of color, and she understands mm-hmm. the importance of having a seat at a table and helping women of color to be at that table, but women of all colors to be at that table. So That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, let, let's you know, talk we about, found that but, there are, are three routes that are pretty well established in the literature for the last decade, and mm-hmm. besides or on top of all the excellent training that so many groups are doing in terms of outreach and training, encouragement, uh, that the routes to the leadership table are quite different. Uh, in terms of individuals that come up through community support mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. or advocacy groups, mm-hmm. individuals who have proficiency within a particular corporate structure, 
And the third is that individuals who are coming from, get this, a fine arts background. That was the biggest surprise and love the research that we did was that there is some combination within the fine arts community that is naturally a collecting point for diverse talents and diverse Mm -hmm. voices. Mm -hmm. And that that is the third fountain of leadership capacity is the fine arts. So the corporate route, the fine arts route, and the community advocacy route were very common in all of those profiles. Well, one of the things that you and Lois are extremely proficient and very good at is not only being great speakers, but also great teachers of women speakers, becoming speakers, is that you're great storytellers. And I think (laughs) oftentimes your best speakers are those that can tell a good story and that are authentic and use their voices to really, you know, just to really touch people's hearts. And I think, you know, now at this point, after Me Too and Time's Up, I think that's what we're talking about now is really touching one another's hearts and really connecting at a level that people are listening to each other and building those those really positive relationships. So I couldn't agree more. We are, as human beings, wired for story, as they say. It's one thing for us to have a, a capacity with facts and figures to be able to uh, have tremendous logic. But when a story encapsulates the theme that we're trying to get to, not only do we absorb the impact and the information sooner, but we hold it in our hearts and souls and are able to make it very effective. Story is the thing. Story is a thing. And that's why I always talk about the personal when I first meet people and ask about them because there's there's always a connection. You know, I mean, I you were telling me about your family and growing up and your the women in your family and I'm I'm, I'm already connecting there. You know, I'm already seeing the pictures and the faces of, of mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing as we're speaking. But okay, well let's talk about some of the I mean, I know you're doing some amazing things to really help women speakers, but again, let's talk about some of the the greatest challenges for women speakers because I know one of the you know, I'm a psychologist, so I know one of the greatest fears that individuals have, including men and women, is public speaking, public yes. speaking. Yes, and that then is so well established, and that's across cultural lines, uh, which is important for us, especially in this day and age with the diverse voices coming forward. It's not as if one group feels enabled or secure. Everyone worries about speaking in public. And again, when we think of ourselves, uh, homo sapiens, how do we perform in front of one another? Uh, The fear of judgment, uh, as opposed to the the glory of being automatically included in a group, those are the two factors pitted against one another when we step up to the podium. Are we stepping up in front of a group where we already feel included? Are we stepping up in front of a group where the only thing that we're going to experience is judgment? Mm -hmm. And that is something that happens, of course, outwardly and physically, but it's also an attitude that we carry internally. Mm -hmm. There's so much research now, and again, I'm talking more and more about it also. It's just the biases that women have towards themselves and how the, and the biases they have towards other women that oftentimes are very limiting, 
you know, it's it's interesting until we, we really start to understand where some of the things are coming from. We find they're coming directly from our own beliefs and our own attitudes and what we've been taught to believe. So They definitely know. are. I have a favorite story to share on this, if I may, Nancy. Go right ahead. Uh, one of the things that I think is has been modeled for us, and that we're only just lifting the curtain on it, is the traditional teaching for speaking in public which uh, the old term, the old biblical term would be you gird your loins, right? You you prepare <laughs> yourself to be brave in front of a group yeah, yeah, okay. uh, because you're going into combat. Mm. And so you picture your audience naked so that you can oh, yeah. be the one that, that is going to <laughs> overtake them. You're the one in control. Mm. That is such an old male model. Yeah. That it has really done a lot of damage over the years for the attitude uh, we strike when we stand at the podium. Uh, I heard a a woman speaker decades ago who gave a fabulous twist to that. I've written about it several times because it struck me as the lesson for us when uh, her name was Dottie Walters. And Dottie taught us that when you're getting, when she's getting ready to speak, and she injects this word for others, to imagine you have a big silver tray, and on that big silver serving tray that you're holding out mm-hmm. are wonderful treats that you have for your audience. Yeah, yeah. You know that somebody to the left of the stage loves parfaits, and somebody to the right of the stage loves chocolate mint ice cream or whatever it is you are imagining that you are going to present your words not in combat in front of this group but you're actually going to serve them something they are hungry for Mm -hmm. what a different way what a different way to approach an audience rather than in combat in service and graciously sharing with them what you know they will enjoy. Mm-hmm. If you're standing in front of people, I, I think the first thing that I try to remember is, is they're coming to listen and they're coming to hopefully learn something that's going to be valued to that can be of some use to them before they walk out the door. And if they if they have one thing, if they have one thing that they can leave just believing and that will help them. I think you've you've done you've done your job. You know you've done a great job to uh, to open that opportunity up. It's a it's a fine art, and you're you all are doing that. You all have this down to a fine science. But uh, okay, so so the challenges for women are women speakers are what then? What is limiting us to be the great speakers that we need to be as far as using our voices for good? Let's take it just one more step. Say the women uh, that we're talking about ourselves included have really practiced, really studied, have their patois down to a fine tune. They know that they've got something excellent for this audience that's in front of them. I think that one of the lessons that often uh, gets missed is that you don't want to polish yourself so much that you lose your authenticity. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That is a tremendous lesson to learn. Uh, And I see it again and again in women who have really put their heart and soul into their presentations, into their uh, program pitches, into all of the things that they want to say exactly right, right so that their own personal self often gets in a, caught in an avalanche below all of their facts, their figures, their policies, 
their metering, their vocal tone. Where are they? There's something that needs to connect with an audience that shows your authenticity as well as your competency. It was it was interesting. I was sitting at a luncheon and I was going. I was the speaker for the for the luncheon, and so I just had a chance to sit with these women and this one woman. I I I'm not sure she knew I was the speaker for that luncheon. <laughs> but, uh-huh. she, but she said, you know, she says, yeah, she says, you know, I I get so tired of of people that really, you know, I think she would, I think she did use the word authentic. That aren't mm-hmm. aren't real, aren't authentic, and they get up and they start talking. And I was just looking right. at her, and right. I was I was almost <laughs> laughing to myself, you know. But because when I get up there, I really look at the audience and I see I see how it's going too. But but I mean, it was funny. <laughs> uh, it was funny that it was almost like uh, the the gods were telling me, you know, you better get up there. You better just be yourself. And that's one thing. <laughs> if, if you can't show up at your, as yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you're you're not going to do yourself or anybody else any service whatsoever. And but I but it was so funny to listen to her. You know, she, yeah, I get so tired of these people getting out uh, there. These no these know it alls. You know, the ones that have all they've got all the answers. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was funny after I I actually looked at her and smiled as I was speaking, and she kind of smiled back at me. So it was kind of a fun. A fun learning exchange for both of us, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, all we really want to do is we want to develop a relationship with that speaker too. I mean, I want to be able to after that that time is over, whether I'm speaking or the woman or person that's speaking, I have a chance to talk to is that I really feel like we can have a conversation. That's right, and there's such a thing as being too good. You cool off your presentation. You're too cool, too collected, yeah. too together. And individuals are not only may not be think you're believable, but they certainly don't relate to you. Yeah, you well, want you're not them a, to be able to to reach out and relate to you. Yeah, you're not approachable. You're not you're mm-hmm. not touchable. You're not approachable. And uh, so women really have that talent, though. So we, why aren't we more successful speaking? Then I mean, that's we the, train it out of ourselves. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Stop doing so that. Much of the, well, so that's much no of the, Anita, that's no problem for me. <laughs> the road to professionalism often skips that stop, and and uh, we acquire all the knowledge necessary, and sometimes leave behind some of the most precious things that we have in our own personal self that we have to offer. I have a funny story about this, if I may share it with you, Nancy. Go right ahead. We're we're um, into stories here. Come on. I was on live television during a a political debate, and it was a um, Spanish-speaking station. Mm -hmm. And my Spanish at that time was less proficient than it is now, mm-hmm. but I had practice. I had my cue cards. I was ready for the questions, and they were going to be dicey questions, big issues about uh, immigration, big issues about education, big issues uh, about English as a second language or English only, and big issues about women's health care and abortion. I made the mistake of misunderstanding a crucial question. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and I mean crucial, baby. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just I, visualizing I never, this, by the way. <laughs> you can visualize it. My mother was in the audience, you know. My cousins in Mexico were tuned in. 
I mean, they literally, the moderator kind of went white and called for a station break. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you got to tell us. What did you say? Come on. <laughs> well, I thought the question uh, was about the border, the U.S.-Mexico border, and what uh-huh. we could do to uh, cut down on so much uh, immigration. And I said we should be developing businesses on both sides of the border, investing and uh-huh. creating jobs and whatnot. Yeah. Well, the question was not about the border. The question was about a Spanish word called aborto. Aborto, okay. Yes, which means abortion. Oh, <laughs> So here I was going on about creating yeah, well, that's businesses. A, that's a big business on both sides so, of the country. There you that's go. right. Oh, I see you. Oh dear, but I'll tell you what. Not only did I get a chance to regroup during the intermission, uh-huh. when we came back on the air, I was sad. I explained that I had misunderstood that word and that I was you know, talking about our border issues. And then I went ahead and gave my answer about women's health care, as I should have done earlier. But the takeaway here was that all of these Spanish-speaking women in the audience, both Uh live and uh, on on air, were so supportive of me because I had made a mistake. Well, and, and you and you 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 recognize the mistake, and you 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 owned it. You owned it. It you was know? so authentic. <laughs> well, every I like other you. time, I like, you all, I like you better already. <laughs> every other time that I went to speak in public groups where I was using my Spanish, and could have easily done the whole thing in English, yeah. I would say, "Let me practice with you with my Spanish. Let's talk about this topic in Spanish." And the group would help me if I made a mistake. They would yeah. correct me. But here I was, this polished Yankee PhD, uh-huh. and talking to a group, and they would really take a shine to the fact that I was willing to make some silly mistakes oh, yeah. in a way Absolutely. that they could help Absolutely. me. And yeah, so I, I have <laughs> indeed improved my Spanish since then, but I never fail to have an audience give me an assist, yeah. and it makes a connection. Yeah, yeah, no, is that is that correct? Did did you ask me that question? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I I have an equestrian center, and and most uh, most of, most of them speak very fluent Spanish, and mine is very poquito, and uh, mm-hmm. so we're we're always laughing about things that I say. I'll you know say what is that, and they'll tell me, and then I'll use it in the sentence or whatever. And they just mm-hmm. laugh. They just laugh like crazy. But I'm always trying to you know just you know to speak a little bit and i think that's it once we once we join and once we we really and that's true of speaking once we join the audience joins us you know you can you can do a lot of things up there and really really have a lot of i like to have fun too i really like to have fun with people when they're you're up there and if we can't laugh at ourselves we don't (laughs) if i didn't have a sense of humor i would be here i would not be here today if i didn't have a Mm -hmm. good sense of humor but uh, anyway so this book and your book and now this workbook is a is a wonderful tool for who's this book who's this book and workbook for who is it for Well, you know, we have several audiences that have really dug in and then some surprise audiences. Mm 
the ones that have been so terrific, of course, for us have been people in public policy and people preparing to run for public office. Sure. It's come out of my work with the National Women's Political Caucus. Good. Lois Good. and I were early founders of Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee right. and all of these networks around the country, and for me, international women running for public office. Absolutely. That has been the first and primary audience where we can really dig in and make a big impact. But there are others beyond that that are in professions where public speaking is so important. Yeah. Women attorneys have been a real specialty for Lois to work with. Standing up and making their case before a judge, sure. being able to really have solid communication skills that rather than simply be aggressive or even assertive, they're making a case that is both compassionate and compelling. So the women attorneys have been fabulous to work with. Then the women in the corporate world have been another large launching point for us with women seen and heard. Women working their way up the corporate ladder, sure. women representing their corporations, and as you and I talked about, women getting a seat at the table where the decision making is taking place. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but, but I, I usually speak up. When, when something's going on, I've usually spoken up. And I found over, over many years, speaking up, you get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody hands you something to do. Right? You get a job, you know, and then you end up with a leadership role. I mean, it's, it's worked out that way for me all, all the years is that, you know, if you're willing to use your voice and if you're willing to stand up and make a point or ask a question or just be present and available, it's amazing how quickly you do find yourself in those leadership roles and speaking. And and I know this is true. You know, women, you know, we talk about how women can become effective speakers, but you can start small and, and build up. I mean, just things in your community, you know, things that... Uh, I mean, we're we're constantly speakers in our own homes. That's <laughs> right. That's speakers, exactly right. Speakers in our own homes. So, well, this is a wonderful tool, and and believe me, uh, take the lead. Uh, women connect for good. We're all in this together. But again, until women can truly stand up, use their voices, and be effective speakers, be but you know, conversational, be authentic. Show up and be yourself, and, uh, you know, we all can use that extra help, and, and that's what you and Lois are doing with your, your book and then with this workbook as well. So how can they learn more about you all and what you're doing and get hold of this book and this workbook and, and how they can learn to be the best speakers they can possibly be? Well, starting with the larger picture, womenseenandheard.com, the website that exists for the book is there constantly updated and a good interactive tool. But I always encourage people to get right online and order a copy either through Barnes and Nobles or through Amazon. Uh, both the original book and the speaker's journal are not only compatible, but easy to use. Yeah. And that has been one of the comments we get constantly is just using one of the templates to help plan a speech, just using yeah. one of the chapters to help practice their presentation. This has been a very practical tool, and it's accessible worldwide just by typing in and pulling it down. Either the e-version or a print version is available for all mm -hmm. women. Yeah, I was uh, looking it over and reading about it last night, and it was very user-friendly, and really a lot of common sense was put into it and user-friendly. So I think that's Very conversational, also. but based on real hard research. 
yeah. which is a great blend well, to have. Again, stories, mm-hmm. too, that uh, mm-hmm. people can relate to. So, Well, Anita, it's always a pleasure to talk to a, a sister, and I, can, I, I call you a sister. Lois is a Thank sister. Thank you. We're, we're in this community <laughs> of like-minded women and men who are, are working very hard for us to work together. My book, of course, is In This Together, and I truly believe it's going to take us all to get there. And, yes, there's going to be peaks and valleys. But you know what, Anita, I, I think I really feel good about this time right now that we are making some headway. Look at California. Uh, you know, now public boards have to have women. You know, we are making right. making some headways as far as laws and, and representation of, of women and men that are coming together. So, I'm uh, you know, I'm, my, my fingers are crossed, and I'm thinking positively and uh we continue to do this work out there and just keep building this community and anything's possible. That's exactly right. In Spanish, we would say it's move forward. Adelante. We're moving forward. And it's wonderful to be a part of a state that is so progressive and to take those lessons outward. It's great for women, but you know what? It's great for the whole country and great for the globe. Well, well, we know that there's no doubt about it, but, uh, uh, I know you. I know we will meet again in other situations and other circumstances, and, and whatever we can do to help promote and continue the work that you all are doing, please let us know. Thanks so much. Have a great day. In it together. Uh, Bye-bye. That's right. Thank you.